Chapter Fourteen of the Story of Manhattan by Charles Hemstreet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fourteen, Lord Lovelace and Robert Hunter. The new governor arrived in the last months of the year seventeen o eight. He was John Lord Lovelace, as there had been so much trouble caused by the governor's appropriating money belonging to the citizens. He decided to take a very different course. He had the public accounts looked into, and said, I wish it known to all the world that the public debt has not been contracted in my time. And having said this, which made a fine impression, the governor asked the assembly to set aside enough money for him to run the affairs of the province for a number of years. This was to be called a permanent revenue. But the assembly would do no such thing. In the midst of the discussion, Governor Lovelace died, five months after his arrival. It was quite a year after the death of Lovelace before his successor came. This was Robert Hunter, a most exceptional man. His parents were poor, and when a boy he had run away from home and had joined the British army. By working very hard at his books when the army was not fighting, by studying in the soldiers' quarters and on the battlefield, by making friends with officers of high rank hunter had grown to manhood brave well educated and of graceful manner on coming to new york he at once made friends with many influential persons his most important friendship was with lewis morris whom he afterward appointed chief justice this morris was a son of richard morris an officer in cromwell's army who had come to the province purchased a manor ten miles square near Harlem, and called it Morrisania, by which name it is still known. The year after Hunter arrived, New York joined with New England in a plan to conquer Canada, which belonged to the French, and join it to the English colonies. Money was raised, troops were gotten together, and ships and soldiers were sent from England, but when the attack was to be made, the English ships struck on the rocks in a fog off the coast of Canada, and eight of them sank with more than eight hundred men. This great loss put an end to the intended invasion. The soldiers returned home, where there was great sorrow at the dismal failure of a project that had cost so much money and so many lives. Governor Hunter had only been in the province a short time when he began to urge the assembly to grant him that permanent revenue that Lovelace had asked for. Queen Anne had said that he was to have it, but the assembly would only grant him money from year to year. About this time the first public market for the sale of negro slaves was established at the foot of Wall Street. More and more slaves were brought into the city, and the laws were made more and more strict to keep them in the most abject bondage. It had come to be the law that no more than four slaves could meet together at one time. They were not permitted to pass the city gates, nor to carry weapons of any sort. Should one appear on the street after nightfall, without a lighted lantern, he was put in jail and his master was fined. Sometimes a slave murdered his owner, then he was burned at the stake, after scarcely the pretense of a trial, or was suspended from the branches of a tall tree, and left there to die. But although the slaves were restrained and beaten and killed, their numbers increased so fast that the citizens were always in fear that they might one day rise up and kill all their masters. 
a riot did occur the year after the slave market was set up. Several white men were killed, and a house was burned. Many Negroes were then arrested, and nineteen of them were executed under a charge of having engaged in a plot against the whites. Affairs moved along quietly for a time after the riot. The next most interesting happening was the putting up of the first public clock on the city hall in Wall Street. It was the gift of Stephen Delancey. Delancey was a Huguenot nobleman, who had fled from France when the Huguenots were persecuted for their faith, and had found a home in the New World. He lived in a mansion at the corner of what are now Pearl and Broad Streets. The house is there yet, still called Francis Tavern, from the owner who turned it into a tavern after Delancey removed from it. Governor Hunter was becoming very popular with the people, when unfortunately his health failed. So he surrendered the government into the hands of Peter Schuyler, who was the oldest member in the city council, and went to Europe, having served for nine years. For thirteen months Schuyler took charge, until William Burnett, the new governor, replaced him. End of chapter 14